1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1, and I'm going to read a bunch of verses here to begin with. So if you'll be patient with me as I do that. 1 Kings 19 and verse number 1. I'll just insert that the previous chapter is where Elijah has just come from Mount Carmel and he has stood down the prophets of Baal. He's called fire down from heaven, burnt the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, licked up the water around and prophesies it's about to rain. And so there was some really amazing things that just happened. And and this next chapter seems a little odd to me in light of that, but it is what it is nevertheless. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay under and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him, and he said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drank. And went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. That was some kind of meant dinner, some kind of meal to go forty days. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous. And I want you to hear this. This is, this is an amazing prayer that Elijah prays. I think you actually got to read these verses with a, with a little bit of a whine to it. Now I got to find the verse. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. I, I've been so jealous for you, God. Yeah, whatever. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Man, that's whoo, that's horrible, Elijah. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. You know, we always want God to speak to us when we're going through it. It's not usually quite the tone we're hoping for. Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, and the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still small voice. It's not the message tonight, but it's just too good to pass up. Those verses are so critical to us today. Because there's a lot of earthquakes. I don't, I'm not talking natural. I'm talking spiritually. Boy, there's a lot of great spiritual earthquakes, and there's a lot of great spiritual winds, and a lot of great spiritual fires. And yet, after each one of those things, it says God was not in it after that 
a still small voice. And the implication is God was in it. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave and behold there came a voice unto him and said what doest thou here Elijah and he said I have been very goes again I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword and I even I am left and thy and they seek my life to take it away what he's saying is I am the only one Everyone else has forsaken you and abandoned you. I am the only one who remains. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat, of Abimelech, of Abimeholah, excuse me, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Now, it's not in there in the King James. It's in one of the other translations. My translation. And uh, by the way, next verse. Um, by the way, Elijah, you know that you just mentioned about everybody forsaking me and you're the only one left? By the way, Elijah, I have 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which hath not kissed him. You think you're the only one that's still serving me. You think you're the only one that's still standing for right and for truth. And I want you to know I've got 7,000 that have yet to bow. I want to preach to you tonight for a little bit on this subject. There's a remnant. There's a remnant. God, I thank you again for the privilege of being back in this sanctuary. And I state again, God, it's not all about... This sanctuary, you've been with us for the last three months in our living rooms, on the slab, in our cars. You've been with us in all of it. But I do thank you that we can gather again in this sanctuary where we have experienced so many wonderful things from you. I thank you for your presence that we have felt in this place tonight. I thank you for your spirit that's moved in this place. And I pray now that you would speak to us. I pray that you would speak to those of us who are gathered in this sanctuary, but all of those that are watching this evening because they weren't able to be here because of the numbers. I pray, God, that you would speak to them as well. I trust you tonight, Lord. I depend on you for your anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I tried a long time ago to stop asking for confirmations. <laughs> I had something I felt like I was supposed to preach. And because if you become dependent upon that, that's you're not really very strong. If you can't become confident in God speaking to you and guiding you without having to like Samson did, and have multiple confirmations. And so most of the time, there's not one. But I got in the car this evening to come. And literally, as I turned on the car and the radio came on, or actually it was still on 88.9 from earlier today, and at 5 o'clock they switch over from gospel music to something else. And so as I got in the car, I switched it from 88.9 FM to uh, the praise. I think it's called the praise, Kirk Franklin, the praise on Sirius XM radio. And when it started on, literally, as some of you know, Brother Shatwell would say, literally the first words 
that were spoken by the singer were, in these last days, God's got a remnant of people. In these last days, God's got a remnant of people. I don't care how many it looks like that have bowed. I don't care how many it looks like that have compromised truth. I I don't care how many it appears that are walking away from things they once believed. I've come to declare to us tonight, there is a remnant. And we may not see all of them, but we are not alone. We may not know who they all are, but we are not the only ones left. God has got a people, and God is always going to have a people. In Romans chapter 11, Paul says some things, and I'm going to read starting with verse 1, but in these verses, he references the verses that we have just read Romans 11 verse 1, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. Has God forgotten about us? Has God forgotten about his people in the midst of all the chaos that's going on in this world? Has God forgotten about those that are His as all of the, all of the craziness is going on around us? Paul says, God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away His people which He foreknew. What ye not that the scripture, or know ye not what the scripture saith of Elias? How he, and that's Elijah, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone and seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time, so Paul is referencing what Elijah said, what Elijah had prayed, but Paul says, let me tell you about today. Even at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And I'm going to echo in 2020 what Paul said. In this day, there is still also a remnant according to the election of grace. I'm going to say it again. I don't care how many people compromise what we believe. I don't care how many people walk away from the things we hold to be the truth of the word of God. There is a remnant. And rather than us thinking that we are all by ourselves and God has forgotten about us, we just need to remember we may be a few here, but there's a few more someplace else. And there's a few more someplace else. And there's a few more in another place because God had, God has, and God will always have a people. BibleStudyTools.com says the doctrine of the remnant is in part that failure of a larger body will not impair God's purposes. Oh, my, my, my. I'm going to read that again. The doctrine of the remnant is, in part, that failure of a larger body will not impair God's purposes. The failure of a larger body is not going to keep God from doing what God said he would do. Who are you, great mountain, to think you can stand in the way of what God said he would do? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. We may feel like we have been abandoned. We may feel like we have been forsaken. But there is a remnant and there will always be a remnant. I've taught it some the last couple of months at times. I taught a couple of Sunday nights ago and challenged this congregation. God, from the very beginning of the children of Israel, established the principle of separation for his people. 
It's not something new. That's not a doctrine of the United Pentecostal Church International. I don't care what videos you watch on YouTube. I don't care who tells you that what we believe is simply tradition or because of an organization. If that's what they say, they don't know their Bibles. Because from the very beginning of the calling of the children of Israel out of Egypt, God said, I want you to be a people that are different than everybody else. I don't want you to fit into the nations where you live. I don't want you to look like the cultures where you are. I want you to be different. I'm calling you out of darkness into marvelous light. So you shouldn't look like everybody else around you. You shouldn't act like everybody else around you. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I forget which service it was. It may have been in that. I think it was actually two Sunday nights ago in the live stream. But Hemus is just recently here for the passing of Sister Hemus's mother. And, and she had family here. One of those was her brother. And, and when she, when Brother Hemus first got the Holy Ghost and started coming to Antioch, she didn't want anything to do with it. And she didn't have anything to do with it for a while. And her brother asked her one point a little while ago, what changed? What changed and caused you to give up what you were and become this? And she said, I saw my husband become a better man. I saw him become a better husband. And I saw him become a better father. Because that's what ought to happen when you get born again. If you're a man, you ought to become a better man. If you're a married man, you ought to become a better husband. If you're a parent as a man, you ought to become a better father. If you're a woman, you ought to become a better mother, a better wife, a better lady. You ought to treat people better. You ought to be the best customers a restaurant ever has. You ought to be the best customer a store ever has. I've called you to be different than everybody else. And in 2020, we are, we are sold a, a, a brand of Christianity that all that's not necessary anymore. And there seems to be a majority going away from that. But I've come to declare to this congregation. And in fact, I'll just preach to me tonight. If I don't preach to you, I'll just preach to me. I don't care what it looks like. We're not the only ones. And we're not just some little pitiful leftover few. God has and God will has a group of people that he has reserved for his purpose. And just because the larger may not follow it, it's not going to stop him from bringing it about within a smaller group. In fact, God seems to do a whole lot lot greater things through a lesser group of people. We tell the story, it's one of those stories you hear pretty young if you went to Sunday school, the story of the three Hebrew children and how that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood against the decree of the king that you're to bow when the music plays and if you don't bow, you're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace. And the music played and everybody bowed except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they brought them before the king and said, we're going to give you one more chance but if you don't do it this time, we're going to to throw you in the fiery furnace and as most of you know the story they still would not bow and they were thrown in the fiery furnace and what a great testimony of deliverance but the point I want to make to you is Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were not the only three Hebrews there they were not the only three Hebrews there There was a bunch of other Hebrews, but they bowed. They bowed to the sound of the king's music. They chose to save their own lives by following the king's decree. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have easily looked around at the rest of the Hebrew children who were bowing and said, you know what, the rest of them are bowing, why don't we? 
If all of them can bow to the sound of the king's music and get away with it, why don't we bow to the sound of the king's music? But thankfully they decided we're not going to bow. And the reason that we know their names today is because in spite of the fact there were others who bowed, God always has a remnant. There's always a people that God has. And it doesn't matter how many may neglect Him or abandon or forsaken, how many may compromise what they know, God is going to have a people. But I want to tell you tonight, not only is God going to always have a people, they're not just going to be a bunch of weaklings off in a corner somewhere, just hanging on until Jesus comes. They're not going to be off somewhere just trying to survive from one day until the next, until Jesus comes. Can I tell us tonight, and those of you that are watching this evening, we're not here just enduring to the end. I know the scripture says he that endureth to the end is going to be. I know that. But we're not here just hanging on. Are you yet holding on? Keep on keeping on, baby. Some of you had no idea what that is. But we're not here just to hang on and barely make it. God didn't keep you as a part of that remnant so you could just somehow survive till the end. You and I aren't still believing what we believe and doing what we're doing because we're martyrs and we're just going to have, we're just somehow going to survive until Jesus comes. No, God's got a people and God's going to have a people. But there are some promises in this book about what God is going to do through those people in the day and time that you and I are living in. And so you may want to give up on being a part of the remnant because of all of those that have abandoned But if you'll somehow make your mind up, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be a cakewalk. But there's some things that are in store for us. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered in into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared. Let Let me tell you why it's worth being a part of that remnant. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 17. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will, I will, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy this is what I'm going to do in the last days this is what I'm going to accomplish in the last days and I'm going to accomplish it through a remnant I'm going to bring it about through a remnant. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions. Oh, hallelujah. Josh, I know you're in a process right now. We just talked about that the other day. I know you're in a process. I know that cleaning out closets is not why you got out of the military. I know that straightening up stuff is not why you got out of the military. But it's a process. And you know what? You go mark that verse down. If you don't already have it marked, Acts 2.17. Because when you get through the process, you're not going to regret. There's probably been a few days where you've regretted. Did I make the right choice? That's okay. You're all right. But you're on the right track. And you're in a remnant. And while the rest of your classmates may go on and have some accomplishments in the natural and may have some achievements in the natural, you're a part of a remnant that in the last days, what God's going to do in you and through you is going to cause you to realize, if I'd have hung on to that, I was given something up of much greater value that God had for me. 
I'm calling his name right now, but there's some others of you I can preach to. Michael and Tatiana, we, you guys have been off the hot seat for a long time now, so we're going to put you back on there. It's not an accident that God's brought you to where you are. And I know it's a challenge. I know you've been through some challenges, but I believe God is going to do some things through you in these last days, a part of what these verses said, because I know you know what it's like to see where a bunch of people go a direction that's not the right direction, but you are a living proof that God has got a remnant and God's always going to have a remnant because as many people as are content and satisfied to just go along with the crowd, there's also a group of people that say, God, you've never lost and you're never going to lose. And so I want to be a part of when you do what you've done before. Hallelujah. Haggai chapter number two. Verse one. In the seventh month. In the one and twentieth day of the month came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai saying. Speak now to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel governor of Judah and Joshua and to Joshua the son of Josedek the high priest and to the residue of the people saying who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory and how do you see it now is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing I, I I don't think this is really an issue anymore for those of you that are here but but I think some of you old timers have had some times where you've looked back at the old days and some of the glory of the YMCA and the warehouse and other things and have thought Is this nothing compared? But hear the word of the Lord. And I think most of you already believe this anyway. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with with you when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Listen to this last verse. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter shall be greater. And I'm not reading that verse tonight to narrow it down to this group of people. I'm reading that verse in the bigger context. That in the last days before Jesus Christ comes to take his bride off of this earth, this earth, the glory of the ending is going to be greater than the glory of the beginning. I know it started off with 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost. I know that there was other times in the book of Acts where multitudes were saved. But the glory at the end is going to be greater than the glory at the beginning. So I'm not going to hang on as a part of a remnant just so I can wear some kind of badge of honor. But the reason I'm still hanging on and the reason I'm going to stay in that remnant is because there are some things that God has said are coming. There are some things in this book that God has said are coming. There are some things Things that God has said to this church specifically that are coming. And so there is a remnant. There is a group of people who have not bowed. They have not given up. They have not given in. They have not walked away because they believe that the glory of the latter is going to be greater than the former. And that in the last days there is going to be a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. It's not a question of if it's going to happen. 
happen. It's not a question of if it's going to happen. It's not really a question of when because God's got that. The only question is who is still going to be a part? Who's still going to be a participant? Who's still going to be in the remnant? Because God's going to have a remnant and God's going to do what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and it hasn't entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared. I know we may be only a few gathered here tonight and even if there was no restrictions on gathering, we'd still relatively be a few. In comparison to the 500,000 people that live around us, we are a few. But God's got a few. God's always going to have a remnant. Don't let the devil tell you anything else. I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody sitting in this sanctuary tonight and somebody watching this evening that the devil's been gnawing at your mind some. Look. Look around. Look at the size of the people you're with. Look look at the size of the believers. And I don't mean just us here tonight, or I don't even mean just this congregation, but look around at the group you associate with and look at it in comparison to all the rest. Look at it in comparison to the arenas that are filled as a church week after week. But Oh, Elijah. Turn off the waterworks. Close up the pity party. It's not as bad as you think it is. And you're not as much of a hero as you think you are. Because while you think you've done so much great things because of what you've just done, I got 7,000 more just like you. Last Sunday, my kids and I went over to my parents for Father's Day lunch and spent time with my parents. Angie went up to spend the day with her dad. We were sitting in my parents' living room. We had played outside, fooled around, eaten, whatever. We were just sitting there kind of winding down before we were going to head home. And my dad said, have you ever heard, I think he said to the Jesus Church, what he said, have you ever heard of the Jesus Church in China? I said, no, I've never heard of the Jesus Church in China. He said, listen to this. These are their like top four or five fundamental beliefs. And he went on his iPad and he started reading. I don't remember the exact order and, and the exact way it stated it, but, but here, were, here were the basics of the Jesus Church in China. They believe that there's only one God. They believe in baptism by full immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. They believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues. They believe in a lifestyle of separation from the world. A remnant. We'll do it. Some of you won't even know what this is. Uh, we're saying a bunch of things some of y'all don't know tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a good Danny Hood on y'all. We are not just a bunch of poor, pathetic, pitiful Pentecostals. Poor, pathetic, pitiful four. That's, that's, that's competing. Except his, his words would have been ones you never heard. You have to go look them up. I, I, there, there's some folks, I, I won't make it, I won't give any more description than this. But, but I, I, there's some folks I hear, that, that, that's the, they say penny costal. Penny costal. I ain't no penny costal. This is more than a penny. This is more valuable than a penny. 
This is more significant than a penny. This will buy a whole lot more than a penny. (laughs) Because God's got a remnant. And you know what? In the last days, the Bible tells us there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be a sifting. Because God's trying to find out, who can I count on? Who are the ones that I can rely on? Who's not just going to be around as long as it's convenient? Who's not going to be committed as long as everything's going their way? There's some people here tonight in this crowd that if we started going around talking about some of the story of your life and what you've been through and some of the challenge that you faced after your walk with God. I'm not talking about why you were a sinner. Some of you have gone through some valleys and some trials and some difficulties after you got saved. And as we said this morning, you're still standing Because you aren't just looking for some easy road. And you're not just looking for your best life now. You're not just looking for a wealthy bank account. You realize there's something more than just this life. And there's something more than just the convenience of this life. And there's some things of eternal value that I have been given an invitation to be a part of. And it may not be what the majority seems to be doing. But all God needs is a remnant. What I meant to double check this before I came in here, so somebody help me out. If I'm not mistaken, Samson started with 32,000. I think it was 32,000. Gideon, sorry. I said Samson earlier meant Gideon. I get no more help in here than I get in my living room on the live stream by myself. <laughs> what did I do? What did I, t- I said Moses instead of Abraham. Yeah, so Gideon. So here we go. Samson, Gideon, 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 what did he start with? I cannot hear y'all. I hear you, but it's all sounds. 32, 33, 30-something thousand, 32,000. They were already outnumbered. It was already odds against them. But God looked at that 32,000 and God didn't say, I have a remnant. (laughs) Uh, He said, I need to get to the remnant. You see, we think the... We think the remnant is just the leftovers. The remnant is the one that God's actually trying to get to. Because if I can get the 32,000 down to the 300 that are really dedicated and committed, you watch what I can do through 300 that I could not do through 32,000. I had a crazy thought. God should, I should keep this to myself. I should have kept this to myself months ago, much less now in the conditions we're in. But I had a crazy thought pulling up on the hill this evening. That it might not be too long before we have to go to two services on Sunday morning. Not because of COVID. I mean without COVID restrictions. Because I think... We are on the verge. After what we've been through the last three months, and after what we've seen in this country the last couple of weeks, we are on the verge of some people that are looking for some answers. They need more than religion. They need more than a religious service on a Sunday morning. They need a divine move of the Holy Ghost. And forgive me if you think this is cocky, but I believe I'm with a group of people that we have that, and we know how to have that. Oh, hallelujah. 
I'm not preaching tonight that it's easy. I'm not preaching that there's no challenges. But I am preaching. I, 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 I know I need to get a change in my mindset. We are not just simply enduring and hanging on until the end. But God is getting us ready to do something that is going to be exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And He's going to do that through the power that works where? In us. In us. John chapter 2 and verse number 9. I'm winding down. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou. You've done something a little differently than we're used to. Because rather than saving the bad stuff till the end, you've saved the good stuff until the end. And that, my friend, is not a coincidence. It was not just a cute little thing that happened as Jesus' first miracle. It was another demonstration and confirmation of a principle that the glory at the end is going to be greater than the beginning. That it's not just going to be the latter rain at the end, but it's going to be the former and the latter rain together. Do you think it's any coincidence why the enemy has fought some of us so hard? Do you think it's any accident while he's fought some of you as hard as he has? Because perhaps God has given him a little bit of glimpse as to what's coming in the future. And he knows more about you and has more confidence in who you are than who you do. I'm not trying to get all my preaching in in one night. I'm trying to quit, so I really am, but Moses, I think Moses, I'm really reluctant now. I'm pretty sure Moses killed Goliath. (laughs) Something like that. Somebody did. We know that. Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land the first time. And those 12 spies went in, spied out the land, and they came back. And they said, everything God promised was there, is there. We brought back grapes that we had to have multiple men to carry the clusters of. They're so big. And it is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Everything God said is there, is there. But there's one problem. They are giants and we are grasshoppers. And ten men said, we can't do it. We can't go. Two men said, we are well able. Let's go. And as is often the case, people listened to the majority. Be careful when you're starting to doubt and question because of the majority. So they say, we can't go. And the congregation of Israel believes the ten rather than the two. And it sends them on a 40 year journey. That 40 years was to get to the remnant. 
I thought for years and years and years, they wandered in the wilderness 40 years for God to punish all the unbelievers. And a couple of years ago, as I read it again, the scripture plainly says, the reason they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years was not punishment to the unbelievers, it was to test and to prove who were the believers. It was to find out who is the core in this crowd. Who are the ones that are going to stick it out? There's a couple of folks here tonight, some that can't be here tonight, but there's two of them right down this row to my left. Been here 40 plus years. 45 plus, probably 47. Been through some ups and downs. They've been through some ups and downs personally, but they've been through some ups and downs with this body. Wasn't punishment. It was the proving. I gotta find out who I can count on. We always talk about us counting on God, but God's interested in seeing who He can count on. And so for 40 years, he had to get down to the core of the congregation to get them into the wilderness. And now watch this. They come back the next time that it's time to go in. And Joshua is now responsible for leading. And instead of sending 10, 12 spies, I think Joshua kind of scratched his head for a moment and said, We sent 12. 10 said we can't. Two said we can. Let's send two. And he sent two. And when those two got there, now remember, they said, 40 years ago, they said, we are grasshoppers. In their sight. They didn't even just say, we think we're grasshoppers. They said, we are grasshoppers in their sight. They said, they are looking at us as grasshoppers. But watch what they said. When they get into the house of Rahab the harlot, and she finds out what they're doing there, she says, where have you been? Because we heard about what God did for you to bring you out of Egypt and deliver you from the Egyptians. And we knew it was only a matter of time until he delivered us into your hands. So while you've been wondering in for, for 40 years because of doubt and fear, we've been living in fear because we've known it was just a matter of time until you got here and we were destined to be overtaken. I'm preaching tonight, I believe, to some people. You've had to wander a wilderness for a little while. You know what it means to have to go without and suffer some difficulties. But it's not punishment. It's a sifting for God to say I've got a remnant and if I can get down to that remnant I am not limited to save by many or by few I just need a group of people that'll join together with me and let me be who I am and let me do what I do I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what the media says. I, I don't care what the rest of Christianity says. I don't care what they decide to allow that God doesn't allow. I don't care what the church decides to okay that God says is an abomination. I don't care how many people buy into that. God has and God will have a remnant. But again, that remnant's not just to hang on. And endure. Every now and then my wife has baked something and I thought it was all gone. I haven't really thankfully gained weight during quarantine, but I have definitely not lost. We have had all kinds of new recipes. We've had all kinds of new baked goods. 
And I promise you there is no complaining. She tried a couple of weeks ago. She made, um, what are they called? Yeah, Samoa, Samoa, Samoa cupcakes, like the Girl Scout cookies. I don't even think I ever ate in the Girl Scout cookies, Samoa cookies. She made these Samoa cupcakes. Unfortunately, there was a remnant that was still in the fridge. I didn't even know about it until a couple of days later. They were there. I didn't know they were there, but they were there. I didn't realize they were being saved and preserved, but they were there. I realize there's a world that may not know there's a remnant right now. I realize in the middle of all the chaos, the world may not realize that while there's a lot of people that have bowed, God's got people all over this world. God's got people all over this world who have not bowed. Over the last three months, as some people have decided it's just not really convenient and they just can't stay connected. They just don't know how to do this the way we've done it. There's a group of people, not just here, but all over the world that said, you know what, I'm not in this for just when it's easy. And I'm not in this for just when it's convenient. And I'm not going to stay a part of this just as long as it's easy. But God's got a people. And God's always going to have a people and God has got some things he's promised to do through those people that has not happened yet and God has never lost and he never will. Stand please. No altar calls. No invitations to come. I pray tonight, this first Sunday night, we have gathered back together. I pray there would be a reigniting of something inside of us. That no matter what it may look like, no matter what the direction of this, I don't know about you, but a couple of times this last couple of months, combination of the circumstances and things we've dealt with the last couple of months, There have been a few times that I've sat essentially overwhelmed by the craziness of this world that we're in. The uncertainty. And it's not just in one area. It's not just in one regards. It's a virus. It's racial issues. It's it's economic issues it's 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 all these things i'm just being honest with you there's been a couple times i've i just felt a little overwhelmed but i remind us tonight we're not just hanging on we're not just the poor pentecostals that are just simply hobbling along doing their thing God has got a remnant I don't care if it's the Pentecostals I don't care if it's the Jesus church I don't care what other label you put on it God has a people there have been a group of people in Russia they called the Urshanites a group of people that Andrew Urshan reached in Russia decades ago I don't care what I'm not talking about a name brand tonight Because I believe just like the Jesus church There's a bunch of other people out there That believe what we believe We just don't know it They just don't have the same name They're just not in the same organization But they believe the same Bible They've seen the same things And one day God's going to pull the cover off And what has been the remnant in hiding Is going to be the ones that he reveals To demonstrate to the world I know what it's looked like But I've had a people all alone 
I think the very fact that you're here tonight is a demonstration that you want to be a part of that. And I think there's people that would have been here tonight if the numbers allowed it. And you're watching right now because you want to be a part of that. So if you would, just right where you're standing, would you just lift your hands right now? I, I just feel like there needs to be a little bit of a mind change, a, 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 mind, a, a mind shift here that we go instead of seeing ourselves as just some pitiful little group that's somehow barely hanging on, that we are a designated part of God's remnant and we are a part of those through which God is going to get glory in these last days. In the name of Jesus. 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 Greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Somebody declare it tonight. There's greater things. We're not worried about worse things. We're not worried about worse things. We're looking for greater things. We're looking for greater things. Oh, hallelujah. Shaking in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah! In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I don't know if they're going to sing some more or not, but the ushers are going to begin dismissing you row by row. Again, if you volunteer to help us with the cleaning, the disinfecting, if you will just remain in your seat until everyone else has exited the sanctuary, and then we'll let you know when you can make your way to the back. Thank you for being here this evening. Look forward to seeing you again next weekend. God bless you. In Jesus' name.